Live from Selhurst Park on palaceradio.co.uk, the Eagles RBS app and Palace Player. With live match commentary. That's excellent from Balassi. And it's now Ledley. And it's 2-1 to Crystal Palace. And it's all about Yannick Balassi. Lovely skills, great composure, and what a finish from Ledley. Inside to Shamak, who's got space, lines up a shot, and it's in the back of the net. Marion Shamak on the score sheet for Palace. Crucial spot kick for the visitors. Spironi save! What an amazing save from Spironi. Magnificent! That's almost as good as a goal. Yenidak's header, it's 2-0! And Mille Yenidak scores, and Palace are running right here. The big interviews. The memories and the people I've met here is just permanent. Astounding that we've reached anything like that kind of level. Big games in the evening at Tennis under the lights were just magical. I think he's a, he's a great signing for us and the keepers in this Premier League. I remember the Palace fans going absolutely crazy and I'm sure they'll be just as joyous today. And your calls at the full-time whistle. I thought to a man they were phenomenal. We break beautifully only to be let down time and time again by a final ball. The players do need to stand up as well and be like, look, we play so well, why can't I have a few ideas from that? This is your sound of Selhurst for every Palace home game. This is Palace Radio. Hi, I'm Dave Earl. Thanks so much for downloading this free Palace Radio podcast. You can tweet Palace Radio at Palace Radio or email us outside of our studio at palaceradio.co.uk. We were joined by a series of legends for our Cult Heroes Day on the station. And I hope you enjoy listening to them as much as we enjoyed speaking to them. Goalie John Jackson joined Ian Hart only on Palace Radio, only on our Cult Heroes Day. John was our fantastic goalkeeper from the sort of mid-60s through to the mid-70s. I was going through the record books last night and quite phenomenally I I had to use a calculator to work out that he played 254 consecutive league and cup games. 254 on the top, that's absolutely amazing. Lovely to speak to you, John. How are you? Hi, very well, thank you. Um, John... Extraordinary period you, you spent with Palace, getting us promotion and keeping it. That was the very first time we'd been in the top division, and then you, you kept us there. If you had to pick out just one game that that more than any any other you found the exciting one, which one would it be? Uh, well, to be honest, I think I've got two. Yeah, the last game we played where we got promoted when we beat, uh, I think it was Fulham three two. Uh huh. And obviously the first game in the first division, which is now obviously the Premier League, when we drew Manchester United. And we drew two each, I think. That's right, yeah. And that, 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 let's, let's deal with those two games. That first one you, you spoke about, uh, where we beat Fulham 3-2 last game to, to get promotion, we were 2-0 down at half-time in that one, that, weren't we? That's right. And what, uh, what was your <laughs> feeling at that time? One or two things were said. <laughs> in the dressing room by the manager etc and uh, of course we turned it round well, and ended up there was nearly a strip in the director's box when the players went up there in front of the fans so that's were, right we were throwing all our gear at them <laughs> it's not only a memorable game was that your most exciting moment for Crystal Palace well that and playing well and playing in the uh, first division you know yeah, the game sure. when we were in there that first year was like a cup game, you know, where the anticipation is high because it's different and um, exciting and the prospect of uh, going further. 
And you highlighted that very first game in Division 1, which was at home to Manchester United, where we drew two all. A lot of famous names in, in their side, but uh, Crystal Palace took the lead in that game, didn't they? I think it was Mill Blythe from memory. Yeah, that's right. What was uh, it? That went okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like playing against so many world class and world renowned players when when you'd spent most of your career up until then in the division below? Well, it's new. Uh, the last thing you wanted to do was get run over, as you would term it. <laughs> so, uh, you tended to, uh, I think, you tended to be very, very focused and determined to do what the coaches had told you what you should be doing or how you should play and, or, you know, what the system you were playing or you were going to play against, how you were going to deal with players uh, in training. And you tried very hard just to carry that into the next uh, Saturday when you played. And amongst all these world-class players that you, you found yourself up against, was there one in particular who you, you really feared because perhaps the strength of his shot or whatever? No, <laughs> every team you played had one or two players who were top-class players. You didn't have time to worry about them because, it, to be honest, uh, anybody in the team could score a goal. So, you know, it wasn't that situation for me. The, I think the, the worry was for the players who actually had, had to mark that player. They would have, the, you know, the, the worst fears may be of the, who they were playing against, you know, because if he was a player, you know, like Bobby Charlton or Dennis Law, George Best, all, all those sort of players. Um, it was, you know, the players who had to mark them, not me. Palace themselves had some players that were with really hard shots that you felt were the match of anyone else that you came up against. Oh, yes. Uh, at the time, when I was first there, they had Cliff Holton, uh, they had Peter Burridge, and there was another player, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now, but all those three uh, were timed um, hitting the ball about 70 mile an hour. Blooming hell. <laughs> so, you know, every day I was in training, there was a bit of a shooting session, I was getting, <laughs> I was getting sort of hammered really anyway. <laughs> so it didn't matter. <laughs> John, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show and I hope, I hope we perhaps talk to you again at some other stage in the season. Sure. And wish them all the best for me today, will you? We certainly will. Thank you. That was another a real cult hero of ours, John Jackson. Wayne Andrews joined myself to talk about his two years under Ian Dowie on Palace Radio. Before we go on to your Palace days, what are you up to now? Um, well, I retired. My last club was commentary. I retired... From there to escape my knee, and I've been um, well based um, sports conditioner for the last five years, so personal trainer, and doing that really. So just keeping myself in the fitness industry as such. So how did it? Uh, let's get if we can cast our mind back to to when you yeah. you came here to Sellers Park. Uh, th- there's a there's a Dowie connection to your football career, yeah, like, isn't there? Um, Before you I came to, to Sellers, um, well, the Dowie and uh, um, Fitz Fitzall, because I still speak to Fitz to be fair. Um, quite a lot. So we were both at Oldham together. I went to um, Colchester, then he got the Palace job, and then that's how I come back to Palace, basically. And I signed, I think it was the transfer window deadline the same day. It was that deadline, yeah. It was yeah. 2004, wasn't it? Yeah, so that's how the connection um, came about, to be honest with you. 
and how what did you know about the move and and how did that work then was it was it all agents or was it phone calls directly no it was, it was it weird work? because I his brother or his uh, Ian Dad's brother Bob obviously used to be yeah. my manager me and Fitz's manager when we dropped into the league right and then that's when I sort of like, knew about it but obviously at the time I just done to Colchester was doing well scoring goals like doing me and obviously um, Palace got promoted and then it was just a case of like you hear about stuff so obviously pre-season was obviously you could hear about all the rumblings but I just wanted to just get on with the season as such so obviously that happened and then um, like you say it just come about and just happened because you had like, quite an interest didn't want me to go and, and then obviously it was the law of the premiership like most people have really to be honest with you yeah, of course, yeah, because you, you had quite an interesting career, didn't you? Starting at Watford, and then yeah. it was a bit of a, a zigzag way that you ended up here at Sellers Park. Obviously, I dropped out, played non-league football for three years, got back in, and then obviously ended up in the Premiership, and then, <laughs> so it was like a weird a weird like um, journey I took. Yeah. A bit like Ian Wright-ish, um, sort of like. Or, or Dwight Gale, as we've got here now. Yeah, it's, it's funny, because I am... Um, like I've, 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 I've done a class the other day, and I, his dad was in my class. Oh right. Um, <laughs> so I was talking to him about obviously um, Dwight, and, that, and it's like you said, it's just one of them things where he's done really well. And I heard you talking about him playing left wing, and it's a bit like me when I went to Palace. Yeah, well, I was going to say that up, because it's almost an identical position and and kind of situation, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, you like I looked, as much like you said, I loved my time at Palace, but I lost my identity because I obviously when I got there, AJ was there. We had John Mackham, Dougie Freeman, Clint. Um, there was all sorts of people, and obviously I wanted to play in the Premiership. So you go from being a centre forward scoring like what 15, 16 goals the season before to being a left winger or right winger. Yeah, that was hard because you got to like readjust. But all you want to do is score goals, so it was a little bit frustrating sometimes. Well, as is so similar to Gale, what we've seen today is is he's he's a very good finisher, and and when yeah. he gets in those situations, he he really comes alive. And that's, that's a bit like I started my career. It's funny because I started my career at Watford with um, Kevin Phillips. Yeah. And he's exactly the same. Someone who's in the box. Like, you look, for example, what, he's five foot six, maybe five small, basically. But what I'm saying, he'll head a, head a ball in yeah. the penalty area. So it's more about movement and um, how sharp you are in the box, to be honest. And how hard was that for you coming into a club with, you know, they're all established forwards, aren't they? And there are some yeah. of them, you know, well, two club legends. Uh, one on the way to becoming a club legend who couldn't stop scoring and yeah. John McEnany who we paid quite a lot of money for yeah then. and I think that's that's the thing you come in and it's, it's hard because I learned a lot from Dougie Freeman to be honest when I was there and I, it was it was. I suppose you could ex- explain how good our team was back in the day because our reserve team could have played in the championship half of the time yeah because we had that many good players in the, like our reserve team sometimes it was ridiculous like you were like waiting to get into the team and then there's first team players all sitting in the reserve team changing room or say a reserve game <laughs> but they could play on a Saturday or a Tuesday yeah so I said it was frustrating but it was it was good to learn like I said at the time that I was there and just have the people around me um, did I stay I said, did I stay longer than I should have done maybe, maybe it was hard because obviously when you get to a premiership you're in a squad so you could go games without playing but they don't really want you to go alone so it's hard Really, and what? How do you motivate yourself at that point? Is it uh, you know? Obviously, you're into your fitness, and that's that's where your career has ended up now. Yeah, I think a lot of where I am now was because of John Harbin that we had back in the day. Yeah, of so course, he came yeah. with me from Oldham. Then he went to like <laughs> to um, 
obviously Crystal Palace, and then he come to Coventry because obviously he and Dowie come to Coventry when I had already left. And it was quite um, unorthodox it, methods, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Boxing yeah, like and we used to do like also. even from when we was at Oldham. Obviously, you're thinking what's snowing up in Manchester way at the minute. We'd be going at meeting at the swimming pool at six o'clock in the morning, swimming, full <laughs> on swimming. Jesus, like, I'm a morning person. So when the boys would turn up and they're just like, "Don't talk to me." Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and then Water's still wet at night. To, I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. We'd go back to the um, have breakfast. Then obviously our day would start as normal if he was going to be there. We'd have um, breakfast and obviously then we train and then we'd be in the gym. So sometimes we'd do like three three sessions a day, but yeah. it all accommodated to come Christmas time we were just running teams down because we were like super fit so like you said it was good we played cricket some days rugby league one day it was just like different but it, it all went together to go for t- the team uni as such what, what's uh, some of your because your, it's it, I, I mean I really am thankful for you taking time and having a That's chat right. with us today um, you've got, had quite a few votes for the, to, to be that cult hero player it's obviously <laughs> you affected it was a lot because I, I was speaking because I've got family in South London as well so before Show off. I joined like my um, auntie's um, husband's a season ticket holder right. so like way 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 back in the day I remember they played Watford one year and I went to a game this was before when you could stand up, I can't remember what stand it is, but basically the stand that you could stand up in, that's yeah, yeah. the one I went to. Um, so obviously, like, doing all of that, knowing about South London, and then obviously I scored the one and only goal that I scored. That <laughs> 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 so I got a picture, and I even remember, like, I think the reaction alone let me know that, obviously, everyone in the club liked me, and obviously the supporters liked me, so it was, little, it was weird. Like, it's a weird. It's a weird one. But I enjoyed my time. I think it's because me as a person, because I've got a little boy, and he plays for... Watford Academy now, yeah. So like he's he's under eleven, and the one thing I say to him is never like never give up, just have heart. So mine was, I knew I had to try harder because it was hard. I could technically I could get to the first team, and I had to score four goals to stay in that team for the next game. So yeah. I, always knew, I always knew that every time I went in. So my thing was well, run about, give them my all, and then obviously I might play the week after. So that was the, the main thing really. From, from my point of view. And it was against Coventry that you scored that goal? Yeah. <laughs> it was. I remember I remember the, like, the goal. That was mad. Like, I think it was It was early. Early half of the supporters hadn't even sat down yet. Yeah, it was. It, like, was, it was the first minute, wasn't it? Yeah, first minute. And then, like, obviously, I went to Coventry the, like, the next season and they were basically saying that that's the reason why I got the move. You know, football's like... But, yeah, it was. It was, it was good. Good times. I think all, all in all, we just had good people around us. To be we had a good squad. Well, when you when you look back at that team, uh, you know Emerson Boyce as you know, Fitzhall. Yeah, Boyce. Uh, yeah. You know that they, they've gone on to big careers, haven't they? You know, yeah, yeah. Like, Wood still playing. Like, Boyce, like that's you think like it's certain things that people can't take away from you. It's like I know when I was Watford, I went on loan to Peterborough and I scored four goals in a game. No one can ever take that away from me. That was on my debut as well. So <laughs> it's like Boyce. Um, obviously lifting the FA Cup you can't take certain things away from people Yeah. obviously Wigan are struggling now at the minute but normally them things they don't happen yeah. they come along and they just happen once so like I say it was, like, we, had play, we had a good 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 squad like, around us and that's, that's the, I think that's the main thing and it was unfortunate obviously we went out to um, Charlton lost obviously lost the game and then yeah. got, got relegated. So I've just finished my course of therapy for that one. Man, that, <laughs> man, that was tough. It's, it's funny because I'm, I'm good. Like one of my, he's one of my best mates. Fortune um, that scored John Fortune. He, oh, he's, obviously, 
he's one of my good mates, and I keep telling him that. But he keeps saying he had to score because he gave the first goal away. So. Football, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you said about um, Friedman there. Obviously, he went on to manage the club. Uh, left in uh, not quite such brilliant circumstances. Did he always have that management uh, element about him? Did you always think he yeah, was going like to get into that? Like, like even when we, um, I don't know, we'd be doing shooting practice after after training. He always had time for. You can see he was going that way because he always had time for the. I said the younger lot. He always had time for everyone, really, to be honest with you. But he'd always be given information. Yeah, and I think that's and you had people even like Popper now. Obviously, Popper was his assistant manager, and yeah. there was talk before him getting the job at Palace, or whatever. There were certain people that you knew they had that thing about them, really. To be honest with you, well, you wouldn't really answer back to them in the change room and stuff like that. You knew take it on board because they've done what they've done. Well, if we can uh, just just go back and and just finally, when uh, when you're about to leave the Palace. How did uh, how did that feel? Was it something that was right for you at the time? I suppose it had to happen in the sense of, like you said, it was it was hard because I come from the, well from getting back into the league. I played all the games I played, scored goals at um, Oldham, scored goals at um, Colchester. To then <laughs> go to like Palace and score one goal yeah. as a centre forward is hard because all I wanted to do was score goals. And sometimes I'd be I don't know I'd be doing crossing and shooting, and I'm putting balls into the box and I'm thinking I love all them balls like, yeah. so it's, in a roundabout way the centre forwards must be like staying with me because they knew I'd put the ball where I'd want the ball to be played if I was playing so like I said it was hard and then I went to um, Coventry and by that time I was sort of like recognised as a winger so I'd lost the identity of being a goal scorer and like I said it wouldn't happen to Dwight Gale but it's hard because you know he's a centre forward bottom line that's the bottom line did you, did you have an agent uh, to Talking in your ear about these things as well. Is, did you? Did yeah, you... like there was. I think there was at one point. Like, like I remember stuff was starting to get to me. So yeah. As a person, I'll just be calm, getting think my time's coming. And then I think we played them a game against. I think it was Derby. It was a reserve game, and I I done really really well. And it was just a transfer window, and seventeen clubs coming for me, supposedly to take me alone. <laughs> and I found out whether that was wrong or right. I found out. Yeah. But the club wouldn't let me go. So from this time now, I'm thinking, well, I'm not playing. I'm not getting on a sub. Like, I just want to play football. Yeah. And then, like I so said, I had a little outburst one time. Like, all I want to do is play football. Shout it out, as you do. And like, Ian Dowie heard it. And then, obviously, he gave, uh, gave me a little chat. And he said, listen, like, you just got to be patient. But I suppose, from my point of view and the person that I am, I just wanted to play football. So I saw past the money, saw past everything else. I just wanted to play football. Well, I suppose that's that's the thing. I know Dowie spent quite a lot lot of time in, at West Ham on the bench, didn't he? Uh, to, yeah. In during his career, um, after being a first team player at Southampton and here, and obviously as soon as he's on the bench, he kicks up and he wants to move away. But as soon as you become a manager, you tend to forget those kind of moments, don't it's, you? It's hard because ultimately, because like I want to be a fitness trainer in the club, right? That's what I, that's my ultimate goal. What I want to do, and I think sometimes I could so I could walk into a football club now. I just haven't got the paperwork for it but right. I can understand the psyche of most players most players just want to play football so you'll get you'll get bad apples that just I don't know will try and just like that I think I'm not training today and it's not because they don't want to train because ultimately you've got to tell them if you don't train properly you're not going to go to it yeah. so it's just trying to give people the right information at the right time and let them know like that was my motto I was thinking well I'm not going to play but I'm not going to get unfit so I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and obviously it didn't go the way I wanted it to go but like I said, I enjoyed my time there a lot, to be honest. A lot, a lot. 
All right. Well, do you know, Wayne, again, thanks so much for joining us. That's all right. Uh, you know, from your brief time here, it's lovely that, uh, you know, you are still mentioned in the in the company know, of people that have been bit, here for 15 years as players. So it's brilliant. And <laughs> no, it's, it, like I said, it's, I've got a lot of time for the club as well and, and a lot of time for the sport. So I'd just like to say thanks for obviously giving me their support when I was there. And like I said, hopefully they'll get out of the trouble that they're in um, this season. They'll be all right. Yeah, I think we will. I think we will. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. That's all right. On Palace Radio. Brilliant. Thanks. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Wayne. Cheers. Bye. Wayne Andrews there on Palace Radio. It's Cult Heroes Day. We've been speaking to a few of those faces from the past who've helped Palace out on the pitch. Here's Rudy Hedman talking with Chris Humphreys only on Palace Radio. Now, have you been coaching this morning? Is that right? Yeah, just um, I'm involved with Colts United, um, the academy there. And that's a, yeah, that's a club, of course, you were at before you came here. Is that is that another club that's close to your heart? It is. It is very much so, obviously, because I was brought up in a local area. Now, when you moved from Layer Road to, to here to Selhurst Park, what was the contrast you found from playing in a smaller ground like that to, admittedly, not quite the ground it is today, but a slightly bigger ground in Selhurst? What was the difference? Well, there's quite a few other elements what were, um, what were different, obviously. The larger crowds, the higher league as well. But um, the atmosphere at Palace has always been special. Um, as you find yourself, you never stop singing. Now, of course, one of your teammates was a certain Alan Pardew. Um, how pleased were you to see him taking over the manager's job here? Yeah, I think Alan will bring um, lots of experiences gained through Newcastle. Um, and also, he'll add a bit of stability to the team as well. Um, I'll play days with Alan. He's a no-nonsense fella. He'll get things done his way. Um, and he instills loads of confidence within players individually as well. Now, your manager at that time was, uh, I think, from our poll this week, the top of many people's lists of the ultimate Palace cult hero and ultimate Palace legend, as he's called around here, Sir Steve Koppel. What did Steve Koppel bring to you as a player that you've now been able to take on as a coach? Well, I'm, I met Steve, what was it? I think it was about three years ago. We'd done a, a kind of charity game for Jeff Thomas. Mm. Um and even now, I'm still calling Gaffer. Um, that's how high I hold him in regard. Um, he gave us a sense of purpose, really, and gave us loads and loads of confidence to just be yourself and express yourself in whichever means we find necessary. And obviously, brought myself and a few other players in, like John Pemberton, um, Alan Pardew, Ian Wright from lower leagues. So um, he wanted to instill his philosophy onto us, which he did. And I want to talk about one particular uh, set of games under Steve Koppel, and that's the playoff campaign that led to the promotion to the first division. Now, uh, one of the highlights that people have messaged in this week about your career here was the playoff games against Swindon, the two-legged semi-final. How did, how did Steve approach those uh, after um, just missing out on the playoffs the previous year? Not that different to all the other league games, really. I know we played down there um, earlier in the season and we lost, I think it was 1-0. But um, we just basically took it as a normal um, match day. Did he feel the need to drive you up at all, or was it just, is he very good at keeping the players calm? No. Um, we would express ourselves on the pitch anyway, basically during the week. Um, obviously we had two, I think it's two games in the space of six days. Mm. So basically what we're, we're concentrating on, um, we're basically set plays um, and how to nullify their front man at the time I think it was White who was their prolific scorer 
And when we got through to the final, particularly the second leg coming here, was it 3-1 down to Blackburn Rovers? Yeah. Was was there a feeling that you're in, you're in a shout here and you kind of you thought that Brighty and Wrighty would do the job and get the 3-0 win we got? Or was there a sense of dread that you might have blown it? No. Um, coming back from the Blackburn game, obviously we scored well, about five minutes to go. Mm. Um, and that gave us a big boost. Because we knew... We, well, Sellers Park anyway is impregnable. I think we only lost two games that season at home. Going into the game, it was obviously there was loads of pressure, but um, it was good vibes that we could turn them over, which we did. And what was it that made it so impregnable? You mentioned, of course, that the fans were just as great then as they are now. Was there something else that made our home form so good, or was it just that? vibrant atmosphere that made it such a horrible place for other teams to come to as it well, still is. I don't know if you can remember the scene that when we scored the, in the second goal when we um, levelled on aggregate the crowd just ran onto the pitch. Um, basically they were our 12th man and when you've got Ian and Mark up front um, and a steady midfield four um, all we need to do is make sure we are tight at the back and not concede. Did you have the sense then playing alongside Wrighty just how good a player he was going to be. Yes. Yeah, even in training you could see the sort of things he would do. Um and he could work at it. Much of it was obviously off the cuff, but um obviously he went on to Arsenal and done bigger things. And of course there's a lot of um quite a few of your teammates in that side went on to get some England recognition in the early nineteen nineties. Uh, did you, when you went on the course to play for Dulwich Hamlet and so on, then went out to the Far East, which I want to talk to you about in a second, did you did you have any regrets or envy looking at them or were you just proud of your mate's achievements? Well, to be fair, I had not the best times at Palace. So I had three like, knee operations as well, which mm. hampered my progress into the first team. Um, there were times where I think I was out for about 10 months with injury, got back on, into the first team and then got injured again shortly afterwards. So that didn't really help. But, um, looking back on the team now, um, you've got the likes of Elsie Allen and Pardew in management. Um, you've got John Pemberton. You've got Glenn Hodges and Alex Dyer. So they've all gone on into the coaching. And I think that's testament to Steve Koppel and all his principles he brought down to us. Are you all still quite a close-knit unit? Yeah, still keeping contact with much, much of the boys. Um Obviously, we had that reunion in 2010 um, at the ground. Mm. But other than that, um, yeah, still speak in the occasion when we can. And finally, of course, after you uh, after your spell with Stevenage, you went out to the Far East to Hong Kong. Yeah. How different, uh, both in terms of the atmosphere around the ground and indeed the play on the pitch, how different is football in the Far East to football here? Uh, well, it's, um, I would class it as probably non-league. Um, the main reason when I went out there was Perry Sutherland left um, Palace in 91-92 and he had a brief spell out there and said you might want to try your hand at this um, so after my contract was up at Steve Age I thought well why not I didn't have a family so I went out there for three years and was joined out there later on with, by um, Glenn Hodges mm. Did you enjoy it out there? Uh, it's a completely different um, experience um, obviously, the crowds um, were not as passionate as they are in England. Just an experience of the Far East, really travelling around to Singapore, Malaysia, um, Thailand, and just playing games out there. 
And now, how long have you been working at Colchester? Um, I've been there now since 2011. And is it mainly um, young, play- young players you work with? Yes, it's through the, um, the academy. So all age ranges from under eights all the way up to the under 16s before they go into the professional phase. Do you, do you particularly are you particularly passionate about working with younger players, or do you want to eventually move into coaching senior pros? At the moment, I'm quite um, happy just learning the trade, um, still going through coaching qualifications. Um, mm. So once all that's probably on board, then I might look to go into it full time. But as you know, it's not a, a safe prospect being in management. Mm. Well, of course, we love having our old boys back here at Selhurst, and uh, who knows, uh, maybe a coaching role here one day. Well, Eddie McGoldick was there, and now he's set up his own academy school. Mm-hmm. Um, I speak to Ed quite a lot. Um, yeah, it's a possibility, but you know, at the moment I'm just concentrating on Colts United. I was delighted to be joined by a man who made it into our centenary 11. Attilio Lombardo is someone who I took pleasure in speaking to, having got hold of his number through a former World Player of the Year, no less. I searched high and low to get hold of it, and Attilio couldn't have been more generous with his time. Here's the Bald Eagle, only on Palace Radio. Hi, everyone, and uh, I'm uh, feel good. Thank you. Excellent. So you're with Roberto Di Matteo at Schalke now. How's the Bundesliga? Yeah. We arrive here in, uh, in October. Um, in that moment, the, 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 the club was uh, in, uh, in difficult, and uh, they chose us uh, for, uh, to take uh, uh, this team and uh, to improve... Uh, Everything and uh, I think now we are uh, in a good position in, uh, in the table and uh, we are uh, we are still good. Previously, you were um, you were at Manchester City with uh, Roberto Mancini. Uh, what's the big difference between Bundesliga uh, Premier League? But the difference. Uh, uh, this is my uh, small opinion, but I think in uh, in Germany there is a. Probably one or two uh, team uh, is a very very big team uh, like uh, by Munich. I think this is the top because they have a, uh, a top player and uh, probably the Wolfsburg is uh, another team uh, at the top. Not the same uh, uh, by Munich. In England, uh, there is a lot of team is uh, much quality in the pitch because uh, Manchester City. Manchester United, uh, uh, Chelsea, Arsenal uh, uh, have uh, a good club uh, and uh, also have uh, a good uh, player. Can we go back to summer of 1997? Um, not too many players uh, moved from Juventus to Crystal Palace. How did that move come about for you? Well, uh, for me... Um, I'm, I'm choosing the, the, that uh, that uh, destination in uh, Crystal Palace uh, because uh, we'll uh, do a new new experience uh, like a football player, no? And uh, I'm choosing Crystal Palace because um, the, the, the football in England is uh, very great. For me, the, I think it has been a good choose, and uh, I'm still very very well because uh, I find it a good passion from uh, to the fans and uh, I put everything uh, what I have in, in my body and my leg and my in my brain and in that moment uh, it was a good choice for me did you know anything about uh, South London or London or Crystal Palace before you signed for the club no uh, 
there, there was a, another club uh, that wants me from uh, Juventus. Uh, there was a, there a Real Sociedad in, in, in Spain, but uh, uh, for me it was important to to do an, another experience with another language, with another uh, football, because the Spanish was uh, like uh, like uh, Italian uh, football, and I chose that because Crystal uh, Palace. Uh, for me, it was a, a big choose, uh, and uh, I follow them uh, like I follow every every team in uh, in England. And uh, for me, it was important to know what you do in England like a uh, player. I uh, was very happy when I arrived in uh, in England in uh, Crystal Palace. When you signed um, in in 1997, did you realise you'd be fighting against relegation with the club? We know the. The Palace won two months uh, before to, to 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 start the season in the Premier League. No, they they win uh, they won the the, the championship uh, in uh, Wembley. But I'm choosing Crystal Palace because uh, for me also the experience for me it was uh, important to stay well uh, with my new team uh, teammates uh, with my new club and my new fans. I never never see back uh, because. Uh, for me, the football is, is important when you uh, work uh, hard, when uh, when you play in uh, Saturday in the game, uh, because the atmosphere is, uh, was uh, very, very nice, and uh, I never see back. I think uh, that was a, a good shoot for me. What do you remember of your debut? You scored against Everton, and we won. Um, that didn't happen many other times through the season. But what do you remember of making the Premier League debut? Oh, what I remember. Uh, I remember the, uh, that uh, we, we started very well. I'm start also uh, very well because I'm scoring against Everton uh, the, the, in the first uh, game uh, of the season. Uh, I remember we won 2-0. Uh, uh, but uh, also I remember, <laughs> I remember also the, 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 second, uh, the second game when we lose against uh, Finally, I think so. Or don't remember when we lose one nil at home. But uh, for me, it was important to go in a pitch uh, inside with a good mentality. And uh, I think uh, in uh, one year and a half with the Crystal Palace, I put uh, everything uh, within my my body. Not just your body, because in March, <laughs> when the manager leaves, you end up taking on managerial duties or coaching duties at the least. Uh, yeah. Was that just cr- as crazy as it seemed from the outside? Was it as crazy from the inside? The chairman in, in that, that time, in that situation, and asked me if uh, I want to do this, this experience. For me, it was, uh, was too important to do also for the, to do the manager, but it uh, was not simple. Uh, because the, one day before I became, uh, became the manager, I was a player. And uh, when uh, you make it a player, you you play, you do um, uh, training, uh, and uh, when you finish, you don't think uh, uh, nothing when you finish. But uh, when you make uh, the manager and the uh, manager and the player, player manager, the the day, uh, the, the week, uh, it became very 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 difficult because uh, you have to think of the teammates, you have to think also. Uh, everything uh, happening around you, and uh, was it's uh, difficult, but uh, I think it was uh, has been a good, a good experience for me for my future. 
because obviously I know you've you're coaching with uh, at Schalke now. You have coached at Manchester City, but you've managed as well uh, since retiring as a player. Would you consider putting um, managing Crystal Palace ever? Uh, I hope. Uh, I love uh, Palace. I love uh, uh, that club. I love. Uh, I love uh, the, the the fans of uh, Crystal Palace. But uh, I don't know if you know uh, my number phone. <laughs> I'll pass it on. <laughs> but I think uh, I don't know. And uh, for me, it's important to to work. Uh, I I put uh, everything in the pitch. Uh, also, if I was uh, the player. But uh, also, if uh, I became a manager, yes, uh, why not? Why not? Because uh, for me, um, I think I left a good sensation no, for the fans. And uh, now I'm not younger like uh, when I came there. But uh, I think uh, if uh, come can have to opportunity, why not? Brilliant. Well, we'd welcome. We'd welcome that. We change <laughs> managers quite a lot. There's often a vacancy. Um, do, have you seen a lot of uh, Crystal Palace since we've been back in the Premier League? Yeah, yeah. I followed them uh, also the, the, the last season. Uh, and they made a very good decision uh, the, the, the last season. And uh, probably this uh, this season they start uh, not well uh, like uh, last season. But uh, and now when they change the, 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 the manager, they start uh, in the move uh, the table. Move, uh, they keeping a lot of uh, points. Uh, and now... I think that the Crystal Palace can to stay in the Premier League. What's your view of the team? Do you think we are set up to remain a Premier League side, or will it always be a, a battle for a club like Crystal Palace? I think uh, they can stay in the Premier because uh, there is uh, also the other team uh, not too strong uh, like Crystal Palace. But uh, they they have I think a good mentality for to save and for to stay in the Premier League. Okay, thank you so much for joining us on Palace Radio. I wish you well in in everything you do at Schalke. Next time there is a vacancy here, I will pass your telephone on to the managers and the directors of the club and uh, it will be great to see you back at Selhurst in some capacity. I want to say best wish for the season at all the club, all fans and uh, good luck for the last three or four months uh, at the end of the season. Live from Selhurst Park on palaceradio.co.uk, the Eagles RBS app and Palace Player. With live match commentary. That's excellent from Balassi, and it's now Ledley, and it's 2-1 to Crystal Palace, and it's all about Yannick Balassi. Lovely skills, great composure, and what a finish from Ledley. Inside to Shamak, who's got space, lines up a shot, and it's in the back of the net. Marion Shamak on the score sheet for Palace. Crucial spot kick for the visitors. Spironi save! What an amazing save from Spironi. Magnificent! That's almost as good as a goal. Yenidak's header, it's 2-0! And Mille Yenidak scores, and Palace are running right here. The big interviews. The memories and the people I've met here is just permanent. Astounding that we've reached anything like that kind of level. Big games in the evening at Selhurst under the lights were just magical. I think he's a, he's a great signing for us and the keepers in this Premier League. I remember the Palace fans going absolutely crazy and I'm sure they'll be just as joyous today. And your calls at the full-time whistle. I thought to a man they were phenomenal. We break beautifully only to be let down time and time again by a final ball. The players do need to stand up as well and be like, look, we played so well, why can't I have a few ideas from that? This is your sound of Selhurst for every Palace home game.
This is Palace Radio.